Happy anniversary, Next Level Church. Can we make some noise? Two years. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Because I might get really quiet. I might get really loud. But I'm so happy that you're here today and celebrating. And by the grace of God, we are entering into our second year. And we're so excited. So welcome home. Yeah. Well, we're continuing our series called Welcome Home. And uh, if we haven't met yet, we'd love to meet you. My name is Pastor Dishan, and together with my beautiful wife, who's hosting today, Pastor Michala, we are the lead pastors and planting pastors of this church. Two years ago, what was a dream? God made it into a reality. And uh, just in the last short two years, over 320 people made a decision to follow Christ. And that's because a bunch of imperfect people got together and said, let's do something for Jesus. Because Jesus did something for us. Amen. And so the journey began. And we'll share more about that in the, in the, later on. But we want to tell you that uh, no matter how you're feeling, you're welcome home here. Maybe right now you're feeling like, I'm really close to God. Welcome home. Maybe you're feeling like, I'm really, I've never been further away from God. Well, I want to tell you, welcome home. No matter what you are going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what the future looks like, welcome home. I like an interactive crowd. So I'm going to just keep repeating the same point if you don't interact with me. You are welcome in this house. We love you. God loves you. We believe in you. You are accepted just as you are. Amen. So welcome home. One of our values here is that everyone is welcome here. And as you know, I, I, I've been sharing with you that there's no DJ at Next Level Church. And that means there's no drama and there's no judgment at Next Level Church. We're not trying to be a courtroom in this church. We're trying to be a hospital. How many of us need a hospital? All of us need a hospital. Now all of our cases might be different. All of our symptoms and issues might be different. But we are all in the hospital of God. And we're all waiting in the lobby to meet Dr. Jesus. Maybe you need to be admitted to the spiritual ICU immediately. Code blue. Code blue. Code blue. You need to be immediately taken in to be taken. And guess what? You're still home. Maybe some of you are doing really well. But you still need the hospital. You still need Jesus. Dr. Jesus and and during this moment of worship and during the when we are studying the Word of God we get to encounter the great physician and Dr. Jesus wants to encounter you today you showed up you're doing better than you think amen let's put up the first slide in this series called welcome home you will see that Jesus is rolling out the red carpet for people who don't belong. Amen? And that's what we did. Two extra words to this sentence. Let's look at the next slide. It goes like this. Today especially, we are rolling out the red carpet for people who think they don't belong.
the truth that you belong. But we let the enemy sometimes speak into our minds, speak into our lives. And we start to believe and we start to think that we don't belong. But in the presence of God, God is moving in a mighty way. God is touching lives. God is bringing healing and deliverance and, and breakthroughs. And maybe you're standing there and you're feeling like, I don't belong. I want you to know that what we're doing today is we're rolling out the red carpet even if you think you don't belong. Turn to your neighbor and say, you belong here. Come on. Say it like you mean it. You belong here. That's the message today. That's the title. See, I grew up in church. And church can be a wonderful thing, but it can be a very strange thing as well. Just imagine the weirdest thing, the strangest thing that could happen in church. It happened to me. So if you just take me out for a meal, I'll tell you some funny and weird and strange and traumatic stories that I've experienced through church. And maybe you're here for the first time. I cannot really see all of your faces. So I, I, maybe you're here for the first time and, and maybe this is all a new thing. When we're singing, you know, people respond differently. Some people are like looking to the ceiling or their hands are raised up. Or my personal favorite is carrying the TV when I'm worshiping. Or sometimes I go into washing the windows. Washing the windows. And you might be looking at, at that, maybe it's a new experience, and be like, what is going on? Or some of us, really spiritual ones, we give high five to God. Air high fives. Some people are like, did we come to the right church? What I'm trying to say is that this might be all new to you. And maybe when you're standing in worship, you probably notice something is different in here. You maybe felt something in your heart. No matter what the expression was, maybe there are some people that are very tame. Maybe there are some people that are really excited. Usually I'm like, however, I don't care if anybody's looking at me or not. But you probably felt something different in the atmosphere. You know why? Because we're putting our focus in Jesus. We're looking to Him. We're singing to Him. We're loving Him. We're worshiping Him. And so He releases His presence. That's what you're feeling today. The presence of God. Because when we get together and worship Jesus, he, His presence comes into the room. And His presence is what changes lives. We believe in therapy. We believe in counseling. We believe in, in, in medicine. But truly, it's His presence that brings healing to our heart. And it's His presence that changed me. And as you are encountering God, there's this negative voice that comes into your ear and say, this is not for you. Or you don't belong here. Come on. If these people really knew you and really knew what you did, they wouldn't love you. If they knew your stuff, they wouldn't accept you. Would they still welcome you? And this is not just for newcomers. This is also people that are members of this church. Sometimes we struggle with that thought of not belonging. But I want to tell you that that voice is from the enemy. When you were not doing anything, when you were, you know, clubbing and doing everything else that you wanted to do, the enemy, the devil left you alone. But the moment you try to take one step towards Jesus, all hell breaks loose. 
Because the devil wants to scare you back into his ownership. Sometimes we start overthinking. Maybe I cannot be like all these church people. Maybe I cannot be good like these people. Maybe I cannot be spiritual like them. But today, Jesus wants you to take a leap of faith. Jesus wants you to press in. Despite the hell that you're going through. The pain that you're going through. The disappointment that you're going through. Because it is all the tactic of the enemy. He's trying to scare you back into your old lifestyle. Jesus wants you to take a leap of faith, to, to put a, your faith in Him, to place your trust in Him and ask Him to forgive you if you messed up and try following Him. There's a fight for your life because your life is valuable. Your, your life has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And that's why the enemy is fighting you so hard. And you think the blessings of God is not for me. It's for the good people. Well, guess what? I'm the worst of them. Like Paul says, if we would be honest, we would say truly we're the worst of them. And yet, because of God's marvelous love and this love that he has lavished upon us, he accepts us just as you are. Hallelujah. There's a fight for your life. There's a fight to try to stop you from coming closer to Jesus. There's a fight for your life. And, 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 and the enemy is trying to stop you from laying down roots in a church community. That thought that comes and says, you don't belong here. It can come back. Maybe for those of you who have been doing the journey with us for a long time, that thought can come back and say, you don't belong here. But when that negative thought comes, especially when you're trying to spend time with God, have you ever gone into, okay, today I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to have a quiet time. I'm going to talk to Jesus. That moment, the enemy will come and say, who do you think you are? Wow, you think God's going to listen to your prayers? Look at what you did last week. That negative thought, that toxic thought comes to stop you. And, and you might feel overwhelmed and you're like, I don't even know where to stop. I, I feel guilty. I'm a Christian, but why do I feel like, I feel like a hypocrite? Who am I kidding? I don't belong here or you come into church and you're excited to worship God and as you're worshiping God the enemy whispers in your ears and all you can think about is how you messed up and you say who am I kidding I don't belong here today I'm here to ask you is there anything you need from God do you need direction do you need peace do you need guidance do you need to feel secure what is it that you're looking for from God do you need a miracle. You need healing. That's the exact moment the enemy will put that toxic thought and say, you don't deserve that. Who do you think you are? And I'm here to tell you honestly that we all struggle with this. But it's up to each and every one of us to decide whether we're going to fight or flight. Let's look at the next slide. Here's the truth. Whether it's your first time, 10th, 10th time, 1,000th time, whether you're struggling, whether you're close to God, whether you're far from God, whether you're doubting God, you belong here. Whatever your situation is, you belong here. You know why? Because you're a child of God and He loves you unconditionally. The problem with us is we run all over the place looking for the things that only God can give us. God loves you just as you are. 
and this church loves you just as you are, you belong here. Amen. First John chapter 3 verse 1. First John chapter 3 verse 1. It says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. You are the King's kid. And we as a church, we're glad you're here. You could have been anywhere, but you're here. You belong here. The next slide, please. You belong in the house of God. You belong with the people of God. You belong in the presence of God. You belong here. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you belong here. Don't listen to the lies of the devil anymore. That you're rejected, you're unwanted, that you don't deserve it. Because you're a child of God. The way you are right now, God loves you. Your church loves you. You belong here. Welcome home. Well, there's no greater illustration than the story from Luke chapter 15. And I know that many of you might know the story already. But I want to take a, a slightly a different approach to it today. Luke 15 verses 11 to 16. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The youngest son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So basically the son is saying, hey dad, I don't care about you. I wish you were dead. Give me my stuff. And that is ridiculous. You don't go to a Jewish father, to the head of the household and say, give me my stuff. But this is what the younger one does. Just for that, the community should have banished him. That the, the father should have disowned him. But the father says, okay. And we read, so the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterwards, the younger son packed up all of his belongings. So in other words, he liquidated. He sold everything. Everything that the dad has built up and, and saved up for his children once he passes away. This kid liquidates it and moved to a distant land. It's a distant. He journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in a country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished. He was starving. He was willing even to eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. So check this. This boy was living the life. He had everything that he ever wanted. Living with his dad with the full access to everything. To becoming homeless, penniless, jobless. And eating pig food to stay alive. And when you read the story, for those of you who are familiar with the story, we think, okay, the prodigal son, the youngest son, okay, so that's the, those are the people that are far away from God. Those are the people that never encountered God. Okay, we get that. People that need salvation, people that don't have a relationship. The older son, okay, it's talking about us. Okay, I get it. I've, I've read this before. But we don't think that the prodigal son has anything to do with us. But today I want to challenge you on that. I want to challenge you with the suggestion that we all have a lot in common with the youngest son. Has anyone ever made mistakes over and over again? Has any one of you had distance between the, you and father 
over and over again? Well, guess what? You're like the younger son. And we want to be all spiritual and feel superior and be like, oh, the younger son messed up. We mess up. We create distance between us and God. Here's a guy who made mistakes and found himself distant from the Father. We can all relate to that. Even as Christians, we know what it feels like to make a mistake and feel distant from the Father. I want to point out three points, reasons we get distant from the Father. Number one, on purpose. Some of you feel you're so independent that you can just do your own thing, run your own life. So on purpose, we get distant from God. Not by accident, on purpose. Some of you think you don't need to have a closer walk with God. Your life is going okay. Hey, I got this. And plus, Christianity looks like a bunch of rules that's going to kill my fun. And all these church people, some of them hurt me. So, you know, some church people, I think Gandhi said, you know, he wanted to be a Christian until he met someone. Some Christians can be mean and judgmental. And maybe some things happened in your life and you blame God. So on purpose, you're staying away from God. Maybe that's you right now. And that's okay, I get it. Number two, reasons we get distant from the Father is we drifted. We didn't mean to, but we drifted. We got busy, busyness of life, worries of life took us away. It distracted us. And it's probably been months since you actually had a meaningful time with the Lord Jesus. Maybe the last time you had a quiet time, you don't probably even remember. Maybe it's a long time since you were in the presence of God. You stopped serving in the dream team to get rest, but you got restless. Man, I, I'm so confused when people say, oh, I don't want to serve in the church. I'm just taking time for myself. I just need rest. You're going to get restless. There, there, there's a craving inside of you to be close to God. There's a craving inside of you for unconditional love. There's a craving inside of you to be part of community. But we're like, I need rest. But then we become restless. We, we drift from God. We get distant from God because we drifted. How many of you have GPS and you still get lost? It happened to me this week. Bro, how do you get lost? I don't know, man. I got distracted. I was talking to somebody. I was observing something. And I got lost. I didn't mean to. And because I drifted and I got lost, time was wasted. Opportunities were missed. And then I had to explain to the person I'm meeting, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I got lost. Oh, don't you have GPS? And now it's embarrassing. Yeah, I do, but uh, I drifted. I, I lost my focus. Now I'm off course. So gas is wasted. You're late. But it's like that with God. We get busy doing stuff and miss the most important thing. We get busy trying to be everything to everybody and miss the most important person in our life and then when things go wrong we start blaming God God I thought you were in this relationship God I thought that you were going to help me at school God I thought you were going to help me with my future and then we wonder how did I get so distant from God I didn't mean to I just got drifted third reason is our sin we 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 get given to temptation we imagine, we fantasize, and we just give in. Because now that fantasy has built up so much that now you can't control it. And all of a sudden, we feel distant from God. We look for the very thing that only God can provide everywhere else except for where God is. You want to be valued? 
it's in God. You want to be loved unconditionally, it's in God. You want to be uh, worthy, it's found in the Father's house. These things only God can give us, but we start looking for them everywhere else. Just evaluate some of your bad decisions in recent times. We look for everything that only God can provide. If we were to peel back the layers and be honest and, and really examine our motives, what are the things that we do to get validation from people? Some of us are performance oriented. We want to outdo everybody else. Right? Like, I'm going to be better. Like some people are sore losers, right? You play a board game and they get really upset if they lose. Or like Justin Timberlake, he was part of NSYNC, but then he had to outdo everybody else. Like in every single music video, I'm not a fan of NSYNC, like I only have all of the albums. But if you check it, you will see Justin will always outdo everybody else. Sometimes we get performance oriented. We, our value and worth for our, we think it comes, comes from our performance. So everything that we do, we want people's recognition. We want trophies. We want to prove to our families that we're valuable, that we're worthy, that we're better than our siblings. Performance oriented. We want people to notice. We want our parents to be proud. We want people to say, oh, wow, true, ha, hmm. Give you that lower lip of approval. Wow, you, you must be somebody really good. Like, you, you must be really, wow, you're, you're worth something. And so many of us have spent lives trying to get trophies. And we, oh, look, look what I got. Look at, look, look at, look at what I got. Look, look what I've accomplished. Look, I, 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 you know, but inside, like, tell me, tell me, tell me more, tell me more. How great I am. You have a great job and you have a fancy title. Maybe that job has become a trophy for you. That, that workplace now is now your trophy. And you're, and you're hoping to continue to get these trophies and, and recognitions and more titles and accomplishment because they are watching. They are watching. And you want them to see you and, and you want them to know, wow, Wow, they're, they're really doing good. So we want to present our families as if we're doing better than we, what we truly are. We want to present ourselves better than we truly are. Because they might be watching and we hope that they will think that we're something great. But you know what, 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 what's really longing in our heart? I just want somebody to love me unconditionally. So we run after trophies and recognitions. But it's only found in the Father's house. It's only found in our Heavenly Father. I just want somebody to love me unconditionally and to, and to think that I am valuable. So we spend our lives collecting trophies away from the place where all that stuff is found and that is at the Father's house. Some of us are, are, are driven to, to become rich and famous at any cost because we want to show our doubters. All the people that backstab me, I, I'll show them. All the people that, that, that stood against me, I'll show them. All the people that said that I couldn't do it, I'll show them. The ones that left me, I'll show them. Those who underestimated me, I'll show them. And then they'll see that I'm valuable, that I'm worthy, that I'm accepted. And maybe they will love me then. And we spend so much time and energy walking away from the Father, focusing on these temporary things. Trying to medicate our issues. Looking for the very things that can only be found in the Father. 
I believe an author said this. He said, I am the prodigal son every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. I become the prodigal son every time I look for unconditional love everywhere else. We were created to, to, have, to crave that unconditional love. And that's why Heavenly Father went through extreme measures to send us Jesus to show you and to that unconditional love available to you. Romans 8, 37 to 39. Next slide, please. Romans 8, 37 says, Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. What? More than conquerors. And His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Verse 38, so now I live with the confidence. I live how? With the confidence that there's nothing, come on, read with me. That there's nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced, come on, declare it, that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is power above us. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. Can we give a clap to Jesus? This is who you are. This is why you belong. Because His love for you is unshakable is immeasurable. God is saying nothing that has happened in your life, nothing that is happening in your life, or nothing that is going to happen can ever separate you from His love. The very thing that you're searching for desperately right now is only found in Him. All you got to do is stop trying and stop performing and trying to live independently of God. Instead, go back to Him. Everything that you want, everything that you need is in Him. Go back to Him. Okay, Father, I surrender. And that's what we do when we lift our hands. Hands of surrender. Say, God, I can't do this on my own. I realize it. I'm just going to let you love me. So coming back to the story, now this younger son, he realizes that everything that he ever wished in life right now was with his dad. So he's going to go back. See, even in that, we see how selfish he is. He's like, I had a good, now I'm struggling, I'm going to go back so that I can be better. But still, God is okay with that. Verse 17. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want and with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. In other words, he's saying, I don't belong. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. See, isn't it interesting that the, the, the very first thing that comes to the son's mind, as soon as he decides to go back to the father's house, is I'm not worthy. I don't belong. He knows that the Father's house is where he should be. He needs to be. And yet that, that negative voice. You've got to understand there's a fight for your life. 
right now in the heavenly realm, there's spiritual warfare happening for your soul. The enemy will leave you alone until you try to take a step with Jesus. To try to come closer to Jesus. And as a church, we face many battles because we want to bring people closer to Jesus. But when you take that step, that's when the enemy will throw a fit. But when you take that step, that's when you will step into a supernatural power that God can release in your life. That supernatural breakthrough. So whether it's your first time or your thousandth time, the Father wants you home. And even as you're hearing my voice right now, the enemy might bombard your mind. Or he doesn't know. Tell you, still, your heavenly Father loves you unconditionally. And as a church, we will accept you. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong in this house. You belong here. And you are worthy because of what Jesus has done. So take that step. Like Peter took that step out of the boat. Trusting in Jesus. That's when you start fighting back. Logically, it makes no sense. How can I walk on water? But Jesus, I put my trust in you. I fix my eyes on you. And you step into that supernatural environment where God can do miracles. And you say, I'm not going to sit back and make excuses anymore. No. I'm going to listen to what God says. I'm not going to listen to my feelings. I'm going to listen to what God says. I'm not going to listen to my emotions, but I'm going to listen to what the Word of God says. I'm not going to listen to the enemy's lies and sit there and ponder and wonder and amplify it. I am a child of God. I am a king's kid. Come on, say it with me. I am a king's kid. I am an heir to the throne. Yeah, God has a plan for me. Not to harm me, but to give me a future and a hope. And even if I tried, I couldn't lose it. Verse 20, back to the story. I'm going to be wrapping up very soon. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar. Man, look at this. He left all blinging. Now he's coming back as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in the father's heart for his son and who, who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arm. Man, he just picked him up like he used to, like a little, when he was a baby. Hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. Can you feel that depth of love, that passion? Like non-judgmental, non-critical, I told you so, not kind of love like that. No reverse psychology, no, just pure unconditional love. This is the way God receives us when we come back, either the first time or the thousandth time. That same unconditional love. When you say, Lord, I want to come home. And that's the kind of church we want to be that rolls out the carpet. For people who think that they don't belong. I want to ask you two questions before I wrap up. How about you? Do you need to come to the Father today? Have you created distance between you and the Father? Have you taken the Father's love for granted just so that you can do whatever you want? Today, you can come with confidence. You can come boldly, not sheepishly. You can come boldly into His throne of grace with confidence. That's what Hebrews 4.16, the next slide, it says... So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Yeah, read it with me. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hallelujah. Maybe you need guidance. Maybe you need direction. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need breakthrough.
Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need joy. Whatever it is, don't let the lies of the devil stop you from receiving supernatural gifts from God. Don't let the lies of the enemies that says, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I don't belong. No. I am a king's kid. Next time that negative thought comes into your mind, you say, no. I am the king's kid. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I couldn't lose his love even if I tried. I am truly planted on the solid rock. And I will not be shaken. And I'm going to walk into the throne room of grace boldly in my time of need. You know, it, it, would, it would really break my heart if, I know that we don't have kids ministry yet, but I'm going to say something about the kids, but you guys don't listen. If, if we have three kids, if any of my kids didn't want to hang out with me, that would really break my heart. And I don't care what they did, but, but if they felt like, oh, I just don't belong. I messed up too many times. I broke the rules of the house too many times. I, that is probably not going to want me. That would really break my heart. If they avoided me because of some mistakes they've made and thought that dad doesn't love them anymore, that would really break my heart. I would say, no son, no daughter. And, yeah, dad, but, 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 I, but I did this. No, no. It doesn't matter. No, dad, I was supposed to and then I didn't. No, it doesn't matter. You cannot lose my love. No, but dad, this is what I did. This is what I saw. This is what I said. This is how I acted. No, child, it doesn't matter. I love you forever. You know that book, I Love You Forever. I love you for always. Come on. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Man, your heavenly, eternal father says that to you. And he's living forever. Hallelujah. And that's what God is saying. No height. No depth. No angels, no demons. No present, no future. Not things to come. Nothing can separate you from his love. And that's what I would tell my kids. When we started this church two years ago, I'm wrapping up. Two years ago, Zach was six. Amelia was two, and Zion was in the womb. On lunch day, Zion showed up to church in the womb of Pastor M. Now Zion is walking. Zach is going, Zach is in grade four, and Amelia is doing uh, senior kindergarten. Time is flying. And I'm realizing, like, it's really going fast. And one day, they will leave the house to... To go to school far away, I hope not. Better not. If they do, or to work, or to marry somebody that I approve. When that day comes, my eyes are going to be sweaty. I'll tell them how much I love them. I, I'll tell them how much I'm proud of them. And I'll tell them, don't forget to call me every day, three times a day. And I don't know what careers they're going to do. Although I, they did tell me. They said, can I say it? No, it's a secret. But it is a career. Both of them told me the same thing. It's a career that Pastor M would hear and be like, hmm, okay, hold on a second. Let's talk about other options. Like father, like son, 
type of career. But Pastor Mubali, anyway. But as a dad, I want them to do whatever. And, and they can be successful. I hope they will be successful. Or things may not work out. And they might feel like failures. But as a dad, it won't matter. Because I'm their dad forever. They can fail a million times. It doesn't matter. And if one day, one of my kids say, Hey dad, can I come home? I will run to the driveway in my PJs. Or my cultural clothing. Saram. I'll run with the saram. I don't care if I have the saram on or not. That's how fast I'm going to run. And I'll be looking out for them. Because I want them to come home. Every single time. Because my kids don't earn my love. They just have it. In that same way, you cannot earn God's love. You just have it. But some of us, we stop it because we listen to the lies of the devil. God has made his love. He has lavished his love on you. That's how Heavenly Father feels about you right now. Not when your behavior gets better. Not when your speech, when you stop swearing, when you start taking... No, He loves you unconditionally right now. Today's the best day to come back home. So come boldly into the throne room of grace. Because you are the king's kid. You cannot lose his love. There's nothing that you've done that messed up his love for you. No. Even if you tried, you cannot lose it. So my question as I wrap up, is there a distance between you and God? And if there is, then let, we're going to pray. Let's stand together. And we're going to cry to God and say, God, I need you. Have you created that space on purpose? Did you get distracted? My second question is, have you ever given your life to Christ? Because in an instant, everything can change. 